The following podcast may contain spoilers for the Harry Potter series as well as adult language theme and content. Hello everybody! Welcome to the second episode of the Unknown Art Harry Potter fan fiction. My name is JJ and I am so grateful for how this podcast has taken off. I've got some uh, listeners and people were sharing it on Facebook and I'm, I'm just, I'm so grateful um, and so excited. Um, also, shout out to my dad. He actually sent me a voice message through Anchor, which that that was that was great that was such a joy to um run across in my uh anchor inbox and yeah and thank you pappy um he basically said he you know I sounded good and he was proud of me and all that awesome stuff that all the great dads out there say um that was just that was just so special so thank you so much dad I love you Um, I've got one piece of housekeeping info before I get started with the episode. Uh, Last week I gave a a piece of misinformation. So I said that the uh, email that you can reach me at is theunknownart at gmail.com. That is not accurate. Um, So uh, scrap that email if if you have it. Uh, The actual email address is theunknownarthpff at gmail.com. So theunknownart hpff at gmail.com so feel free to send me emails there if you have a po- a, a, a fan fiction that you would like featured on the podcast if you just want to give me some feedback about the episode if you want to tell me something i'm always looking for good microphones uh, right now i'm just using my phone so anything anything you want to send me you know related to the podcast um please feel free to send to the unknown art hpff at gmail.com all right everybody let's get going into the fanfic of the week fanfic I've chosen for this week is uh, called The Teacher. It's by Mai Mooney. Um, M-Y-M-O-O-N-Y. Two, or uh, one word. Um, this is one of my absolute favorite fanfictions. It's very long. It's, it's 30 chapters total. Um, and there is a sequel called Journey. Now, this fanfic um, does one of my favorite fanfic, you know, kind of tropes and themes. It takes the relationship um, and works it into the into the Harry Potter series into the original series um in this case it's Remus Lupin and Severus Snape this story is from Severus's point of view and I I personally love the writing in this fanfic I I love this story I just uh I can't say enough about this fanfic and my Mooney is is awesome so um the author has since done a rewrite of uh, the teacher, and I'm I'm pretty attached to the teacher, so I, I might feature uh, Fortune's Might later on. And actually, I I, I might feature this fanfic a lot. Um, today I'm going to read chapters one and four. I feel like those chapters give a pretty good look at, you know, the feel of the story, the um, the characterizations, and and all of that in chapters one and four. Um, down the road, I want to read, you know, I mean, down the road is in like a, a couple months, maybe. Um, I do want to read chapters 12 and 22 because those 
uh, chapters are very powerful in the romance and, um, and beautiful. Um, but for this episode, I'm going to be reading chapters one and four. So I hope you all enjoy. The Teacher by Maimouni Chapter 1 The Smiles Usually, the start of a new school year was a good thing for Severus, for he could escape Spinner's End for another year and return home, or the closest he had to a home. This year, though, Dementors were guarding the entrance to the castle, and passing them without feeling downright horrible was simply impossible. It was nothing new that Potter spoiled his mood, but all summer the papers had reported without pause about the spectacular breakout with which Sirius Bloody Black had terrified Wizarding Britain. Though nobody talked about it, everyone seemed to know where he was going, to Hogwarts, to kill Harry Potter. And one thing was sure, if Severus crossed his path, one of them wouldn't survive it. All in all a good thing, if it wasn't for the Dementors. Severus thought that nothing could worsen his spirits more than the knowledge of his arch-enemy's freedom. The Dementors did. Still, when Severus had arrived at Godric's... When Severus had arrived at Hogwarts Castle a few hours before, he had thought that it would be just another one of those years, in which he was turned down by Albus and had to watch another idiot fighting his way through the defense job, teaching the students nothing at all, and annoying Severus to the extent of exploding, while everyone knew that he would no only stay for one year. This year, he had hoped that Albus had finally run out of dunderheads who volunteered to do the job, for he had long run out of competent volunteers for the position. Lockhart had been the last straw. Surely that meant that there was no one left who could possibly be appointed to the job. But, as usual, Severus had been disappointed. As usual, Albus had shaken his head with an apologetic smile when Severus had approached him after Lockhart had been carted off to St. Mungo's and the holidays had started. "'I'm afraid there's already someone I have asked, Severus, and who has kindly accepted. Very kindly, if I may say so. Not that I would have expected otherwise. The circumstances required it.' Another incompetent fool, no doubt, Severus had snapped petulantly. Albus had smiled under his white beard, and there had been that gleam in his eye that told Severus that he wouldn't like the new teacher. Quite the contrary, I might say. You will agree with me that he is a far better candidate than dear Gilderoy. A slightly amused chuckle had interrupted him, and he had continued, <laughs> Oh, yes, indeed. Well, who wouldn't be? Severus had muttered, leaving the headmaster's office. Severus took his usual seat in the staff room, the armchair before the fire, and started to get irritated immediately. When McGonagall passed him, she gave him a curt nod, but seemed to be avoiding him. He hated it when she avoided him. It always meant there was something going on he didn't know about. And in fact, he hadn't yet been told the name of the mysterious new staff member. He didn't think it mattered much, though. He would be rude to everyone, and he would be rid of them in a year. And really, who could be worse than Lockhart? But Severus was mistaken. There was someone worse than Lockhart, 
much worse. When the door opened, Severus didn't look up. Albus was always last to arrive, and he wanted to show him that he was still angry about not having been given the defence job. Even though, really, being angry was becoming increasingly difficult. Too much time had passed. It was merely a stubborn indignation now. That changed when Severus noticed that everyone was walking towards the door, and a voice could be heard greeting them that Severus couldn't seem to recognise, even though it sounded strangely familiar. His curiosity won over his stubbornness, and he looked up. He thought he must be dreaming, and it was a nightmare. Right there, beside Albus, or rather half hidden behind him in the doorway, stood, and Severus came closer to check it twice, Remus John Lupin. Truth be told, he was not the same as Severus remembered him. He looked much older, even had grey hairs, he was unhealthily thin, and his robes were shabby and darned, but it was Lupin all right. Though he hadn't seen him in twelve years, Severus knew his face well. It was official. Albus had gone mad. Severus had always suspected it, especially after Lockhart, but this made the fraud look like a good choice. How could Albus have kept something as important as Lupin's employment from Severus? After all, Lupin wasn't only one of the people Severus disliked most in the world. He was also a werewolf. And appointing a werewolf as teacher for defense against the dark arts was not just questionable. It was... No. Severus had to admit. The real point was that it was Remus Lupin, who had once almost eaten Severus alive, who had been Black and Potter's best friend. And now that Black had miraculously escaped from prison, it was a shock. Not so for the other teachers. Apparently, Severus was the only one who had been left in the dark. That was typical of Albus. He hadn't even asked Severus for his consent, knowing that he wouldn't receive it. And now it was too late, and Severus was angry. He marched toward Albus and Lupin. The latter was being welcomed more or less cheerfully by the others. He shoved some of his colleagues out of the way, while the anger inside him grew with each step. As he drew nearer, he attracted Albus's attention, and the headmaster's eyes twinkled in an annoying way before he spoke. Ah, Severus, may I represent may I present you with our new defence against the Albus began, but was run over by Severus's angrily raised voice. You can't be serious, headmaster. The other teachers backed off, knowing how Severus could explode. But though Lupin seemed mildly surprised by Severus's reaction, he didn't move an inch. "'You told me that Severus had been informed, Professor Dumbledore,' he said in a hoarse voice. He sounded much older, too, but he was very calm. And this calm made Severus even angrier. "'How daft must you be if you think I would ever agree to you being employed?' Severus snapped at the werewolf, who raised his eyebrows, but didn't respond. "'Severus,' Albus said in a warning tone, "'neither of you would have agreed if you had known the truth. "'So let us call it warping the facts.' Severus wanted to retort something, but suddenly he remembered another rather casual conversation he had had with Albus while they had been leaving the castle for the holidays, 
and he scowled to himself, because he had missed the obvious hint. But really, who could have foreseen something like this? "'Have you read the article about the newly invented potion?' Albus had said. "'What was its name? Ah, Wolfsbane, I think. "'It prevents werewolves from going savage.' "'Of course. Quite sensational,' Severus had replied, "'trying to hide his respect for the revolutionary breakthrough "'of that show-off Democles Belby with his Order of Merlin. "'Have you looked at it? Do you think you could brew it? "'As I understand it, this potion is especially complicated.' Severus had given him a look. I can brew any potion. Of course you can. Now Severus cursed his big mouth. It hadn't even occurred to him that Albus might be implying something. He couldn't just accept it like that. How could you take him of all people? I'm astounded that you didn't even consider asking me. Severus. Albus interrupted him impatiently, and Severus fell silent. I took the one man that I thought best for the job. It was my decision. And if I remember correctly, I am the headmaster of this school. And that is why you will respect my choice of staff. And now, enough with your complaints. Severus was boiling with anger. He hated being told off like a child. Albus came closer to him and said very quietly, I told Remus that you would brew the Wolfsbane potion for him. That is why he has agreed to come here, and I have full trust and confidence in your abilities. That is why I also have full trust and confidence in Remus's ability to teach at this school. I will supply you with all the ingredients you need, so please, Severus, do not disappoint me. Severus looked at Lupin and, ho and hoped the contempt he was feeling was visible on his face. He wondered how Albus imagined this to work. Even Lupin's mere sight made Severus sick. The kindness in his eyes in the face of Severus's anger was simply provocative. Severus was sure it was meant to be. I'll do my best, headmaster, hissed Severus between clenched teeth, and Albus nodded, obviously satisfied. I never doubted that, Severus. Lupin smiled then, a smile that was somewhat odd. But Severus didn't know what it was that seemed strange. "'Well, I thank you, Severus,' said Lupin with disgusting familiarity. Severus wrinkled his nose. "'I'm not doing this for you,' he snarled. But it didn't have the expected effect on the werewolf, who only raised his eyebrows. "'I thank you, nevertheless.' Severus glared at him. Lupin was far too relaxed for his taste. He could at least show that he was a little intimidated by Severus, but nothing Severus did or said had any effect whatsoever on him. He was relaxed and friendly, and that smile on his face never changed. It was a mystery, and despite himself, Severus felt interested in what lay beyond it. "'I heard about the Dementor on the train,' said Elvis. "'You fended it off?' Lupin's face darkened. "'Yes, but poor Harry fainted. I gave him some, I gave him some chocolate.' but I fear it rather scared him. It is irresponsible to let them run wild. I quite agree. Good you were with the children, Remus. This is going to be a hard time for all of us, I'm afraid. But for the safety of the students... Student, Severus interrupted, 
and earned himself a disapproving look from Albus. "'Well, now, that everyone is settled, I believe we are all in need of a good dinner. "'Let us go into the great hall,' said Albus loudly, and the teachers trooped out of the room after him. Lupin didn't move. He accepted the words of thanks from McGonagall for saving her students, with one of those mysterious smiles. Then he turned his eyes back on Severus, who hadn't moved either. "'Well, then, I hope we will get along well,' he said with a little smile that was so unlike the others that Severus was startled for a few seconds. "'Hope can be treacherous,' he replied coldly. Lupin's smile widened, and he shrugged. "'And it never dies,' said he, and his voice was soft. Severus glared. It was shocking indeed. A werewolf, the werewolf, teaching at Hogwarts. Giving Severus additional work in the form of a potion, without which he would rip his rooms apart. And on top of everything, Severus was confronted with all the memories of his unpleasant childhood. Severus still couldn't quite believe it. But what was even more shocking was the fact that despite his hatred of the man, Severus couldn't help but find the soft curve of his jaw, the kind expression in his eyes, and his unwavering smile rather agreeable, rather nice to look at. It made him livid. Severus wondered how he could make that smile disappear, for he couldn't bear it. Life hasn't been kind to you, has it, Lupin? he said when the werewolf made to turn away. He had an irresistible urge to insult him. Lupin stopped, and Severus continued. Those robes of yours. Aren't you feeling ashamed to come here looking like that? Lupin turned round and met Severus's glare with his amber eyes. Yes, amber, indeed. Not merely usual brown. But what did it matter? There was something in them that almost made Severus step backwards. It means nothing to me. And I'm surprised that it does to you, he replied calmly, and made Severus feel somewhat uneasy. Then he left, and Severus was annoyed and angry that during the whole feast he couldn't stop shooting him hateful glares. He started wondering how he was supposed to stand Lupin's presence for the whole year without killing him. Lupin would have to watch his step. After the feast, Severus returned to his quarters, Frustrated and tired, he shed his robes on his way to bed and let himself fall into the sheets with a heavy sigh. The Dementors, Black's escape, and now Lupin on top of everything. This year would be even worse than the last, and the year before that, and every other year, actually. How could Elbus let a werewolf into the castle? A werewolf who would surely help his escaped friend Black to fulfill his plan of killing the Potter Brat. Not that Severus didn't approve of that plan. He sighed again. No, this wasn't about Black or Potter. This was about the fact that Elbus had appointed a man who had helped make Severus's childhood hell. He felt betrayed. He would have to talk to Elbus first thing in the morning. He pulled the blanket over himself and closed his eyes and thought of Lupin's face. He couldn't help it. This was something irrational that couldn't be suffocated by his dislike. It was inexplicable. There was something in those eyes and that smile, in that soft face that made Severus feel... No.
Impossible. He shouldn't even think about that. But it was there, no doubt. A feeling he couldn't suppress. It was inappropriate and unwanted. But something about Lupin had Severus see him, even when his eyes were closed. And his mere sight made his anger cease. And yet he hated the man. He loathed him for it. And now he had to bear his terribly relaxed behavior and his annoyingly mysterious smiles. The smiles. Chapter 4 Laughter It was Friday, the one day of the week Severus anticipated with impatience. Maybe he even looked forward to it, just a little bit. It was the last day before the weekend, meaning at least some quiet hours which he could spend alone in his quarters, without noisy Gryffindors and Hufflepuffs getting on his nerves. But today was different. He'd been in a bad mood all day. Since he had gotten out of bed, he had had a feeling that this Friday wouldn't turn out well, and he had been right. He noticed that something was wrong when he entered the Great Hall for breakfast. Instead of the scared looks he usually saw on the students' faces when he was present, they all stared at him in amusement and snickered and whispered to each other. Obviously, something had occurred that Severus had no knowledge of. Yet, his suspicions grew stronger still when he saw the werewolf choke on his toast at the sight of him, quickly averting his eyes and pretending to be deeply in conversation with Flitwick. He looked guilty like a small child that had just smashed Mum's favourite vase. Severus's eyes narrowed. What had Lupin done? As he sat down and buttered a piece of toast, he glanced round himself at the other teachers and made out the same expressions on their faces that he had seen on the students. But as soon as he focused his eyes on one of them, they looked away, apparently afraid that he might ask what was the matter. Annoyed, Severus concentrated on his food, and as soon as he'd finished, he left for the staff room, having no class in the first lesson. He sat down in the low armchair and waited for his prey, someone to ask what was going on. He didn't have to wait long, until McGonagall and Vector entered, talking about him. They hadn't noticed him yet, so he kept silent in his armchair, straining his ears to catch their conversation. I still can't believe it. It's hilarious, Vector said with a snicker. Don't let Severus hear that, McGonagall replied, but giggled nonetheless. Remus was so nervous when he came to breakfast today. Unusually early, too. I told him to avoid Severus for a while, but he seemed eager to apologize. Ah, Severus thought. So it was Lupin after all. Come on, that Lupin has a good sense of humor. That was exactly what we needed, Vector laughed, and Severus froze. I haven't had such a good laugh since Dumbledore dyed his own beard pink years ago. They both chuckled, and Severus felt himself grow angrier by the second. Well, McGonagall said finally, I'm sure he didn't mean it as a joke. But then again, what was he expecting? Of course the whole school would laugh their heads off at that. But it was either really brave or suicidal, sticking Severus's bogart replica in the dress of Longbottom's grandmother. 
He did what? Severus roared as he jumped up from his armchair, the two women recoiling in shock. Severus, have you been there all the time? McGonagall cried, pressing one hand to her heart. He did what? He shouted again, clenching his fists until his knuckles grew white. Oh, Severus, don't be so upset. It was only a buggart. The transfiguration professor tried to calm him down. Only a buggart? Only a... It was me, nonetheless! Severus was furious. So furious that he could have blown up Hogwarts Castle with a single spell. That werewolf was only just so far away from getting himself killed, already in the first week of his employment. The door opened and the rest of the staff shuffled in to make the last preparations for the classes before the first lesson started. At Severus's sight, though, they stopped and looked at the two witches, then at Severus, and back again. You've told him, haven't you? Flitwick asked, and earned himself a deadly look from Severus. Then he was there, standing in the doorway with a worried look on his face, his posture that of a dog expecting punishment. Or a wolf, rather. You, Severus whispered in his most dangerous voice. Lupin stepped forward a little, holding up his hands as if to pacify the potions master's fury. Listen, Severus, I'm sorry. If you just let me explain, he said hoarsely in that calm voice of his, and it made Severus angrier still. Explain! Explain! You made a fool of me! How dare you ridicule me like that! In front of the whole school! He shouted, stepping closer to Lupin, and his lacking effect on the man frustrated him even more than it had the days before. I didn't mean to do so, Lupin said, his voice still calm, his golden eyes placid, staring up at him, not moving an inch away from Severus. Listen, I didn't plan on you being what Neville feared most. What should I have done? Tell him that I'm sorry, but under those circumstances it is impossible for you to try out the spell. Yes, that is what you should have done. Instead, you let him put me to into a dress. Severus just couldn't stop shouting at him. It reminded him so much of the situations Potter and Black had put him into at school. Everyone was laughing at him. Even McGonagall. He was sure even Elbus. But Lupin. I didn't think, Severus. Well, that doesn't surprise me, Severus commented. I needed a quick solution and didn't consider the consequences. The werewolf said with genuine, or was it genuine, regret in his voice. I'm sorry. It turned out like this. But what's done is done. I can't change it now. I can only tell you how much I regret it. It wasn't my aim to upset you or make fun of you. You can rest assured of that. Severus had listened, but felt no better. The werewolf regretted his actions, but he had also regretted his passiveness at school. He had apologized then, too, sometimes when they had been out of earshot of their little friends. And it hadn't made Severus feel any better then, either. It didn't change anything. They were laughing, all of them. And even though Severus enjoyed having Lupin at his mercy, he couldn't blend out the laughter in his ears. It was there all the time haunting him. 
but Lupin. And still, you made me the whole school's joke, Severus whispered, having calmed himself a little. He could see the other teachers standing round them, staring at them, some still with their silly smiles on their faces, as they thought about him in the dress he was sure they did. And he just wanted to disappear into the ground. But he wouldn't let it show on his face. Do you want to start again where they left off? He then said quietly, and shot Lupin a glance that made him understand whom he meant. And there it was, the effect. Not obvious as he had wished for it to be, but it was there. Lupin staggered, not physically, but behind his amber eyes, Severus saw the short flicker of an expression of uncertainty and shame, and it was fascinating. As if after years and years of exhausting research, he had finally succeeded in brewing the most magnificent new potion. It made him feel victorious and gleeful, and it let him forget the laughter. And then it was gone, replaced by Lupin's usual unaffected indifference. And suddenly, Severus knew what was different about him. It was his mask. You know that is not what I want. I wouldn't even think of doing such a thing, the werewolf said, his voice suddenly cold. They stared at each other, and again, Lupin didn't break the eye contact. Nobody dared say anything, and Severus would almost have faltered when he saw Lupin frown suddenly, his eyes distant as if looking right through Severus. And he did look through him, right inside of him. Severus was sure of that. He felt it. I'm sorry, he said again, quietly, ruefully. Please forgive me. That's all I can say. The potions master had enough of the apologies. He couldn't bear the laughter. He had built himself a high and thick wall of respect and fear that no one would laugh at him any more. And now it had been damaged. Several bricks lay at his feet, and he was too exhausted to pick them up and put them back where they belonged. But he would do it to shield himself from the laughter. And when he looked around himself, he saw the laughter in all their eyes, felt the laughter of the students behind the thick stone walls, and remembered the laughter of his schoolmates from twenty years ago. Everyone laughed at him again. But Lupin, Lupin didn't laugh, had never laughed, would never laugh. Suddenly, all the fury he felt drained from his body like water from a bathtub. He couldn't help but believe Lupin's words, and as much as he tried to hold on to the anger, all that he was left with was that dull ache again. He wouldn't forgive him, but he couldn't feel angry any more now. It was a little comfort to him, though, that the werewolf seemed to suffer too. Severus sighed, and waving his hand at Lupin as if he wanted to brush the dust off an old book, he swept past him, heading for the door, leaving the werewolf behind in the middle of the staff room, head bent. When Severus strode through the corridors, he pondered on the expression he'd seen in the werewolf's eyes. It had been short, 
but it had been there, definitely. And he realised that he'd been wrong about one thing. It was not the self-confidence that made Lupin intriguing. It was what he was hiding with it. And the fact that he was hiding something at all. Of course, Severus was fascinated by the way Lupin wouldn't let himself be fought down. But it was even more fascinating to find out that there was more to him than that calm face and that friendly smile. Severus wanted to know what else there was behind those golden eyes. And the challenge of finding a way to keep off that mask of his excited the potions master. And then there was the fact that they had something in common. The masks they wore, different as they might be, on the outside, to shield themselves from the world. Severus stopped to lean against the cold stone wall and rubbed his neck, closing his eyes. He wanted to see those amber eyes flooded with emotion again, wanted to hear his usually warm voice, heated and frozen. And what he wanted most of all was to hear the sound of that husky chuckle once more though he wasn't ready to admit that to himself yet. That was chapters one and four of The Teacher by Maimouni, and I hope everybody enjoyed that. Um, I gotta say, I've been looking forward to posting this all week. This is the first episode that I'm actually reading out loud, and I've had so much fun with it. Um, I didn't know I was that into reading out loud, but turns out I am. So, um, I want to give a quick shout out to two people in my life that have been really helpful this week. Um, my partner, uh, has some background in oral interpretation and she gave me a lot of tips this week for bringing the characters to life and putting some more of me into it. And I really, really appreciate that. I also have a friend in the UK who I reached out to because that weird half UK, half American accent thingy kept coming out when I was reading. And so I reached out to my friend and was like, um, will this offend people? Like, what, what are your thoughts? Obviously he can't speak for the whole United Kingdom, but you know, let me know. And, um, he was so, you know, he was kind enough to listen to a sample and just let me know, no, it's fine. You know, it doesn't sound, um, you know, contrived or anything. So, and that was really important to me. Um, cause I, like I said, I wasn't, you know, putting effort into get, putting the accent in there and it kept coming in. And so, so I, I'm really grateful to both of those people for their help this week, as well as all of my friends and, um, people that keep following this podcast and giving me encouragement. I really appreciate it. So, uh, I'm going to go ahead and give some comments about this fanfic. It was very, uh, integral to my my fanfic story so stick around and I hope you enjoy so the teacher by my Mooney um my background with this fix so I'd been into fan fiction for a very very short amount of time in fact I mean by short I mean like a month maybe and um I was looking for, as I, as I mentioned in the first episode, I had a huge crush on Severus. Um, and I always just imagined him, well, I have a thing for, 
you know, strong men having a vulnerable side. So, especially when I was a teenager. So, um, and so I just, I always wanted to know what, what was under the bully, what was under the jerk, the jerk teacher, like what, who was this guy? Um, and so I looked on fanfic.net and, um, this story came up as I recall. And I just, from the first, uh, chapter and even in in the author's note um there was you know discussions of Severus being very gentle in the story and very the kind of unspoken thing there is you know he's very sensitive and he's very gentle and he's very well he's gentle in later chapters um but he's very sensitive and definitely has a vulnerable side and that it gave me a lot of validation I was like 20 at the time so still young enough to um you know kind of have that that teenage angst of I'm the only one who sees it this way you know and to find something so well written and that portrayed um that that side of Severus was very special to me um I I kind of remember my first review on the story, I just went on this whole thing about, oh my god, I'm not the only one, and you see it, and it, it was, <laughs> it was very, oh my gosh, um, but in all seriousness, I, um, it, it, it was very special to me, and that's, that's what got me into fanfic, was all of these, I, I, I say that, um, Remus Lupin, Severus Snape, and Sirius Black are my favorite Harry Potter fan fiction characters because, you know, in the books, okay, they're, like, they don't look that great. Let's be real here. Like, Snape is a bullying toe rag, <laughs> to quote Lily, and, um, you know, Sirius is, I think even J.K. Rowling even said when I, when I was researching, um, you know, parts for this, things for this podcast, uh, she even said, you know, she loves that fan fiction authors have taken this character that was pretty much this brooding, you know, solemn, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Solemn? I think that's the word. Sulky. There we go. Uh, this brooding, just sulky character and, and made him incredibly sexy. Um, and, you know, Lupin, really, there wasn't much to him. Um, and so, and like I said, that this is one of the things I absolutely love about fan fiction is it, it looks, especially Harry Potter fan fiction, there's all this stuff in the background and it leaves so much for interpretation. And I just, uh, I can't get enough of it. Um, and then again, like I said, for the teacher, um, and the, the sequel to it journey, um, my Mooney has taken this, this relationship, the relationship between Severus and Remus and fitted it in to the original series, the, the canon, um, fan, in fan fiction terms, the canon so seamlessly. I mean, reading the, reading this story, it's so easy to believe that this was going on the whole time. This whole thing was going, I mean, she works in everything, everything, the, um, you know, everything from, you know, like a, in, in chapters one and four, you can see, um, you know, Lockhart was there, um, you know, the mentions of Lockhart and that impact, um, 
that he had on, on Severus's thoughts of Albus and, um, you know, there's, there's some, uh, characterization of Severus and his relationship with McGonagall and there's uh in chapter four you know the Boggart in the in the dress that that was a huge part of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban and my Mooney has taken it and gone what did this mean for Severus and Remus's relationship and it's so brilliant um in I'm uh like I said I, I intend to feature um, some of the more romantic chapters later on in the podcast. Um, there's two chapters in particular that ah, that make me squee. Um, and there are um, other pieces of the original books um, that feature in those chapters. So I just, the brilliance of it, it just, it, I love it. I love it so much. Um to be able to take the canon and and make these characters plausible and make the this relationship and this background very plausible um i i really really admire it and a lot of fanfic authors are really good at it are really good at that um as i'll show you know in future episodes um so yeah uh the teachers is one of my favorites um and it it does have a very special place in my heart um, because of of Severus's characterization, so um, I think that was it for this story. I yeah, I I'm really excited. Um, so for next week, uh, I'm gonna I've got a handful in mind, but I think I'm gonna go a little bit lighter, a little more humorous next week. Um, possibly the same pairing, the same couple. Haven't quite decided yet, but. Um, it'll, it will be lighter next week, including with the music. Um, <laughs> I love Anchor's background music is what I'm using right now. Um, the, the preloaded music that they have with Anchor. Um, there's some pretty decent variety. So next year, next year, next week, the next podcast, the next episode, the next piece, I'm pretty sure I could find even more words because I used to be an English major. It's, it's what I do. Um, but the next episode will be a lot lighter tone, more humorous. Um, one of the fix I'm considering will feature me pretending to be drunk. So, so thanks everybody for listening. And I uh, hope you have all enjoyed uh, this week's episode. So I will be back next week for another episode of the Unknown Art Harry Potter fan fiction. This is JJ. Remembering that, of course, it is happening inside my head. Our head. Your head. But why on earth should that mean that it is not real? Have a great week, everybody. Mm-hmm.